you have your Bibles tonight, I need you to turn to the book of Genesis. Book of Genesis. We're going to be in the 35th chapter of Genesis. Very familiar story. And one that uh, I just have gravitated towards. Genesis chapter 35, we'll be looking at verses 1 and 2. But that whole body that needs to be looked at, uh, looks at, it needs to go through verse number 7. And if you had to put a title on this evening's message, it's, well, I had two titles, but you can only use one, so you pick. As I looked at this passage, I thought of this title, Remember. We've done that today as we are to remember what the sacrifices were to help us to be a free nation. We need to remember that. But we also need to remember the first time that we met the Lord Jesus. Now, the other title that I had was, Let's Revisit Bethel. So you pick whichever title that you choose to, but that's where we're at tonight. In Genesis chapter 35, we've been going through, we've talked about Abraham, and last Sunday night we looked at Joseph. And now we've come back and we're looking at Jacob. And we understood from last Sunday's message that Jacob was a part of a dysfunctional family. We know that Jacob was a deceiver. But yet we also know that Jacob wanted to know God. We see that. He, 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 wanted to, he, he wanted to have God and he wanted God to be a part of his life. But one of the things that we see, if we're not careful, that as we go through our journey, if you will, sometimes we have our slips and our falls and our detours that come along. But Jacob helps us to be reminded that you may have gotten a little way, but you can always go back. Genesis chapter 35, verse number 1, this is what the Bible says. And it says, And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make thee an altar unto God that appeareth unto thee, whom thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. In verse number 2. And then Jacob said unto his household, not just Jacob. Jacob says, we're all going. As I thought about this, it could very well be that in the life of our church, we need to revisit Bethel. And we need to revisit it together. So he says to his household, and listen what he told them. He says, and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean and change your garments. 
By God's grace, we're going to look at Jacob going back to Bethel. But as we go back, may it help us to remember when we first went to Bethel. And could it be that we need to get back to Bethel? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word, the power containing your word. Lord, we thank you for what's transpired here today. And Lord, we're looking into anticipation of what you're wanting to do with us tonight. Amen. Lord, I pray that you'd help me. You would empower me. Lord, I'm fully conscious of the fact that I'm Mike and I'm nothing without you. But Lord, I want to be willing to be used as your instrument. So Lord, I ask for your grace and for your mercy for your empowerment. These people not come out on a Sunday night to hear about Mike's opinions, Mike's stories, but they've come to hear from you. So Lord, I pray that not only will we hear from you, but we'll respond in the way that will please you. And Lord, when it's all said and done, all glory, all honor has gone to you and you alone. Lord, I pray that you help that one Maybe has come back tonight and they understood from your word this morning that they are bound and they need to be set free. And Lord, I pray tonight that every one of us would understand we need to get back to Bethel. And I pray you help us to do that. And we pray all of this in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Here, Jacob... He's gotten a word from the Lord. And the Lord told him to go to Bethel. Now we understand if you go to chapter 28 in Genesis, uh, starting, I believe, around verse number 19, uh, that uh, Bethel, the name means house of God. We also know that it's been 20 years since the first time he's visited Bethel. And in that 20 years, it seems, and if you continue to read the story of Jacob, Jacob kind of lost track of things. He, he started getting involved in some things he shouldn't have got involved in. He'd done some things uh, that should not have been taking place. He's kind of gotten off, uh, off the path. And if we're all honest tonight, every one of us has done that as well. We just sometimes get off course, don't we? And so here, Jacob is going back to Bethel. Now, when he goes back to Bethel, a number of things take place. First of all, he, I'm sure, remembered his first visit. Do you remember that first visit that you had with the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you remember the thrill that you had when you came to know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior? Do you, do you remember the passion that you had? Do you remember that the, 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 the grass was greener and the sky was bluer and, and, and everything looked a little clearer and you, you just had a joy and a peace about you? Do you remember that first time you met Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior? And here, I dare say that there are some maybe many of us tonight is that we can go along and sing along with B.B. King, the thrill is gone. And that's exactly what's happened. The thrill's not there anymore. Now, you haven't lost your salvation. We're not talking about that. 
But you have lost your joy. You've lost fellowship. The thrill is just not a driving force in your life anymore. What happened? Same thing that happened to Jacob. Things started to come. He got his eyes off the Lord and things started going sideways with him. We're reminded that it could be that Jacob lost his first love. In Revelation chapter 2, we're reminded of a church. The church of Ephesus. And in Revelation chapter 2, the Lord is speaking to them and He reminds them that they're doing some good stuff. They're, they're standing for the right thing. They're, they're, they're not like just sitting there and they haven't really gone apathetic or complacent, but uh, they're doing some good things. And on the outside, it looks like everything's going well. But then the Lord says He had this one thing against them. They lost their first love. Now, I want you to know, church, we, can, we know how to set up programs. We know how to organize. We know what we need to do. And we can go through the mechanics, and that's exactly what happened in Jacob's life. That's exactly what happened in the church of Ephesus' life. They, 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 didn't, uh, they didn't have that drive. They didn't have that passion. They lost their first love. Now, back some years ago, I met uh, a lady on the campus of Baptist College, Florida Baptist College. And uh, she uh, kind of caught my eye. And uh, so I would go, and I'd, uh, she lived in the apartments not too terribly far away. And uh, I went over there and uh, introduced myself. And one thing led to another, and the next thing we know that... Uh, we were uh, having uh, dinner together, and uh, she could cook. And uh, I was thinking, man, this, this might be the woman for me. At least that's what my belly was saying. <laughs> and, and then we started going for the walks there at the campus. Uh, there's a little lake. Uh, you could w walk around the campus, and uh, we were walking, and... Uh, I didn't hold her hand, didn't do anything like that. And so time evolved. And then uh, I didn't know this till later, but they were, uh, uh, they were taking bets there on campus of when I was going to hold her hand. And so I started holding her hand and I started uh, walking and we started uh, really uh, getting connected there. And long story short, uh, uh, sort of halfway proposed to her, and uh, she accepted, and we got married. And uh, uh, we lived in a little 12 by 60 trailer. It was one of those old trailers, no insulation. But we thought we had the Taj Mahal. We were happy. Why? Because we were in love. And so we were, uh, we were doing, and her dad came and built us a little porch, and we were so happy in that little trailer. And uh, then we started to having children. Micah came along first, and uh, then Rebecca a little bit later on. And I can go on and on with the story. But I remember those days where we didn't have any money, 
We didn't have a lot of material possessions, but we were happy because we were in love. And we'd walk around like we had the whole world by its tail. Doesn't love do that to you? I've counseled a number of uh, couples. They come in and uh, it's a little better than it used to be, but a lot of them come in and they'll say, we want to get married. And you would ask them, well, why do you want to get married? And they would say, because we're in love. (laughs) And I remember those days. I mean, they haven't thought too well in advance, but they're in love. And, And the things that were attracting one another... If we're not careful, they start to fade a little bit. Even in the best relationships. Now, when we sit on the couch, she sits at this end, I sit on this end. And when we want something, we just kind of look at each other and we grunt. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's just not like it used to be, is it? And here's what I found out. I'm, I'm going to write a book on this, How to Rekindle a Marriage. <laughs> like I'm an expert. <laughs> and the first thing you have to do is you go back to your first love. That's what Jacob did. He went back to the place where he first met God. And I know I'm not a prophet, I I don't uh, uh, intend to be, but I have summed it up like this. We can cure a lot of things that are going wrong within the church if we just get back to our first love. Just fall in love with Jesus again and, uh, and understand that Jesus is really all we need. And when we start getting off-centered and start getting off-focus, we understand that we can lose our first love. Now, we can go ahead and still do the mechanics just like in our marriage. The marriage is still intact. But uh, as I made mention, it's not that drive like it was There's motivation. You know, I couldn't wait to get home. After school and after my class, I couldn't wait to get home. And we'd have beans and rice, and we thought we were having a gourmet meal. Now, you know, we were just happy as larks. And now, uh, I'm not so thrilled of getting home. Now, let me preface this. I'm just being honest. And if y'all were right with God, you'd go ahead and say, you're exactly right, that's how I feel. I mean, why? Why is that? Because we've gotten so accustomed to one another. Listen to me. We've gotten so used with the status quo. Life is becoming and life is just life and the ups and downs and all that and what takes place. And I know we've been kidding about this. But what takes place is that we start to drift a little bit and what we're still doing the good stuff. We're still working. We're, we're still serving. But we're not serving like we used to. Why? Because we lost our first love. And Jacob says... We need to go back to Bethel. 
Church, we need to go back to Bethel. We can go ahead and we can start making a list and saying here's what needs to be done, here's what needs to be done, here's what's gone wrong and all of that. But I'm telling you, what we need to understand is we lost our first love. We need to go back to falling in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, we start falling in love with one another. In marriage counseling, I tell a couple, it's a triangle. Here's the man, here's the woman. You individually are working uh, together, but individually you're working and you're wanting to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you continue that process, what happens? You join at the top. Church, that's exactly what we need to do. I don't need to be worrying about what Rebecca's doing. I don't need to be worrying about who's doing that or Terry or anybody else. What I need to be worrying about is my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And every time I've checked that out and every time I've gotten real honest with myself, I need some work done. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to concentrate. I want to get deeper in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to serve Him with passion that I used to have. I want to have some fire in my belly because I understood what Jesus Christ has done for me and I cannot thank Him enough. And if I concentrate, if Mike concentrates on Mike's relationship to God and you concentrate on your relationship with God, we'll join at the top and we'll find our first love and we can solve a whole lot of our ills. And so he goes and he says that he needs to revisit. But notice here, he heeded. Not only did he hear, but he heeded the call. We find that in verses 2 through 5. As we're looking at that, we see that he uh, uh, later on goes and he says that we need to get rid of the strange gods. See, what had happened is... Idol worship had come into the house. Now, idol worship, when we say, well, we don't have any graven images around here. An idol is anything you put in front of Jesus Christ. Okay? Your agenda can be an idol. Your interests can be an idol. And what we need to do, if we're going to get back to Bethel, and if we're going to get fall in love with Jesus Christ... And if we're going to have a passion like we used to have a passion, we're going to have to get rid of some idols. Now, I don't know what your idols are, but I got a strong suspicion you know them. You know. You know what has taken your time away from Lord. You know what has distracted you from serving Him. You know that has caused a detour in your journey. So here he says, not only did he say, uh, he said, get rid of the idols, but he says, you got to get on some new garments. See, what has happened to is that our garments have gotten defiled. Sin has stained our garments. The Bible tells us in Revelation that we should be wearing white garments. Because that's the garment that the Lord Jesus put on us. When He took the grave clothes on, He put the robe of righteousness on us. And so we can be defiled. A beautiful illustration there you find in the Old Testament. When the priest would go and do the sacrifices, and when the priest would go into the Holy of Holies, they had a a, a brazen laver there. 
And what they would do, that they would wash their hands and they would wash their feet. Why? Because they were going into a presence of a holy God. They were going into holy ground. And they understood that they got defiled. Now, understand the ceremonial cleansing was a one-time thing. They didn't have to, to completely go from top to bottom. They just had to wash their hands, wash their feet. Because they were dirty. Now, the Bible calls us a royal priesthood. The Bible says that we are to have white garments on. That's purity. That's righteousness. But as we go through our journey, as we go through life, we're going to get dirty. And sometimes we get dirty and we don't even realize we've gotten dirty. I may mention this morning in our class, we're in Colossians. And in Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse number 5, going through verse number 11, Paul starts to list some sins. And the first set of sins were sexual sins. And then the latter part of those were what would you would call social sins. Now, uh, G... Campbell Morgan said, these are the sins that are in good standing. What does that mean? That means that we think we're okay as long as we haven't cheated on our wives, we haven't committed fornication, we haven't had perverted thoughts and acted out upon those, that we haven't gone on to the porn sites, we can go on and on, haven't murdered anybody. But the Bible says sin is sin. Then he starts listing sins like anger, lying. Oh. See, here's what's happening in the church. We've gotten so accustomed. Are you hearing me? We've gotten so accustomed to doing those things that we think... We're not dirty anymore. But the Bible is quite clear. Sin is sin. And sin will keep you from a holy God. Matter of fact, may I remind you, that is the very reason why Jesus had to cry out, My God, my God, my house have forsaken me, is because God the Father had to turn His back because all the sins of the world were upon His dear beloved Son. And even for His Son, He says, I cannot cohabitate with. Got a problem with anger? What about malice? Malice is where you have evil intentions. It starts in the heart. By the way, all, this, all sin starts here. Works its way to your heart and then eventually will work itself out. And so the Bible says we are to have a clean heart. See, what happened is that we've gotten so accustomed to sin that it doesn't convict us anymore. Everybody lies. I mean, we live in a society. I saw a report not too long ago that asked the question, if it was going to promote you or if it's going to be for your best interest, would you, do you think it's okay to lie sometimes? The majority of the people didn't see any problem with lying. But the Bible says God has a problem with it. Now, we also see 
Well, uh, you know, uh, I've always been like this. I've got a short temper there, preacher. I've always been like this. The Bible says anger, if it causes you to sin, is sin. See, here's what happens to us. We get, uh, we get mad and, and we won't verbalize it, okay? Because we know that we're, we're believers. And I told this story a little bit earlier uh, that I, uh, 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 me and Rebecca, we, some lady ran into the back of us. This has been back some time ago. And uh, uh, we were stopped at the red light. And this woman just, bam, hit us. Ezekiel was a little bitty fella, and he was in the back seat. I was in the back seat with him because he, he was a little uh, guy. And uh, I got out of the car, and I was mad. And here comes the lady, and she's got her hands up in the air, and I'm stomping, and I said, What is wrong with you? Can't you see the stinking car? It's a traffic light. We weren't moving. You play. And I'm just ripping into her right there on the street, you know, and I'm throwing my hands around, and she's crying and says, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You ought to be sorry. Hell, I mean, I mean, I'm ripping into her. I'm mad. And I said some things I shouldn't have said. I calmed down, made sure everybody was okay. I come back to the lady. I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I said some things. I said I was upset. She says, I understand, I understand. She's crying. I mean, I said, it's okay, you should be mad. And I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. That's not an excuse. I shouldn't have ripped into you like that. She says, that's okay. And we had one of those magnet that has Hillcrest Baptist Church on the back of the car. <laughs> she points at it and she says... Do you go to that church? <laughs> I wanted to tell her that I went to College Hills Church of Christ with, and we just borrowed the car. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. Now, I guess I should have told her the whole story, but I just something in me couldn't, I couldn't say. And by the way, I'm on staff too. <laughs> she says, I know some people that go to that church. I said, ma'am, even more, I'm, I'm so sorry and she said, well, that's not a big, it's a big deal. Because I, I let anger get the best of me. And that was a poor testimony. You staying with me here? Amen. See, what we've done, we've, we've kind of uh, we put sins into categories. Oh, this one ain't too bad. This one. And I've always noticed. Have you ever noticed that oh, when, we, when we know we're in the wrong, we always look for somebody who's done something even bad, worse? Isn't that what we do? Well, I know I shouldn't have told that lie, but to, hey, you know what? I saw, I, saw, I saw one of our members, and they were in the liquor store, and they had a couple of fifths, and hey, God, hey, can't you overlook my little sin? I mean, they're, got, they're drinking liquor. That's how we do. We want to size ourselves. We put our standards with one another. And what we need to understand is it's not us that we need to judge and not us that we need to say my standards are a little higher than standards here. Our standards are the Lord Jesus. And every time you put yourself up to the Lord Jesus, you're going to come short. So here he helps us to remember that 
we got to clean up. We got to clean out the idols. We got to put on our garments of righteousness and purity. But then he doesn't stop there. He goes on and I want you to continue to reading on. We see here that he also reminds us that he built an altar. Now notice what the Lord told him. He says, now he says, I want you to go to Bethel. I want you to build an altar and dwell there. See, here's what's our problem. We know when we lost our our first love is when we kind of hit and missing. I'm just being honest. We're, we're We're so lackadaisical in coming to the house of the Lord. Uh, you know, hey, if I'm going to... Wednesday nights, you know, I'm worked all week. And, uh, you know, uh, oh, the Lord will understand. Yeah. No. Now, I know your attendance. Listen to me. Your attendance, I believe, shows your affection. Because if you really love somebody, you want to spend time with them, Right? When me and Donna first married, you couldn't separate us. We did everything together. She wanted to be with me. I wanted to be with her everywhere we go. And then this relationship and the kids come, you start to see a little drift there. She's not so excited about going places with me like she used to. I'm not excited about going. I used to go... I used to go when she was dress shopping. Folks, that's love. (laughs) And you know how a woman is. She'll come in there. She'll look at every dress. It doesn't matter what size. She'll look at every dress in the store and always wind up the first one she saw. Hey, that first love, man, I was happy. I was just happy to be with her. And I'd find me a chair and, you know, here's a, these women, they're all looking for dresses and they'd kind of look at me and says, they must have just gotten married. <laughs> Y'all remember those days? You couldn't get away from one another. And then after you spent all day, you'd be on the phone. And then you'd fall asleep as you're talking to her. You wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, get back on the phone. How you doing? I'm doing well. Hadn't seen you in 30 minutes. Just, I missed you. Y'all remember that? First love. Man, there's a passion there. And here what we need to understand is, if we're truly in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we have not left our first love, we want to spend as much time with the Lord Jesus as we can, and we want to spend time with those who love Him as well. I look forward to coming to church. I love coming to church. Because first of all, because I want to worship. Say, well, you can worship anywhere. I want to go to his house to worship. Amen. Now, I've heard this story too. Well, I can worship on the lake, preacher. Well, what's your, that was not your intent. Your intent was go and catch some fish. Your intent was not to go and worship God. And so I want to come to God's house 
with God's people. Why? Because I'm in love with Jesus. And so here he, he, says, he says, now you go and build an altar there and you dwell there. You stay there. Yes, I know there's times when we drift away. But we also understand that we don't need to be drifting away, that we need to stay where He has placed us and we build an altar there. And three things that are going to take place. First of all, when you build an altar, there's going to be worship. By the way, the worship should be spontaneous. We shouldn't have to have someone come up here and pump you up. You ought to be ready, set to go. Man, you can't wait till the service gets started. You're looking for anticipation. What is God going to do in our midst today? And if we do not have that attitude, it could be that we've lost our first love. But also, not only do we see uh, worship, but we also see love. I'm here because I love Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to know, if you're here for any other reason, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to get ticked off pretty easy. It's amazing to me some of the things we can get ticked off real quick about. Right? I mean, we say, well, somebody offended me. Somebody didn't shake my hand. Somebody didn't say hello to me. Well, I have gone to Walmart and I have been mistreated at Walmart. Those little greeters... They had one. I went not, not too terribly long ago. Didn't say nothing to me. Didn't say, do you need a buggy? Or, hey, welcome to Walmart. Didn't say nothing. I got a little ticked at that. I thought they're supposed to be greeters. Greeters are supposed to greet. And you've got to say something if you're going to greet. And so I'm starting to get worked up. I'm in Walmart. You get worked up quick enough as it is. But I'm here. I'm just walking through the door. And, and I thought, and here's this. Oh, she's a sweet lady. I know she's a sweet lady. She might be here tonight. I don't know. But you're a wonderful woman. I'm, I just want you to know that. And she just looked at me like, what are you doing here? And I want everything in me wanted to say, and you have a nice day too, sister. <laughs> Walked on. I was a little offended. But you know what? I've gone back to Walmart since then. I've been in restaurants where I have waited 45 minutes for my food. I'm ticked. I'm upset. My family, my family, except for me, my family is wound tight. (laughs) They really are. They don't like to wait for anything. And so I'm always at the table. They're ready to go. We'll just leave. I said, no, no, you know. There's nobody else here. And, and, and I'm, I say, no, 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 no. Inside of me, I'm thinking, yeah, we need to go. But I'm thinking, no, 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 no. We... And they're saying, we've got to go, we've got to go. We're offended. You know what? We've been back to that restaurant three or four times. But when it comes to church... Oh, don't shake my hand. You'll never see me again. Now, what's the, what's the problem? You lost your first love. You forgot why you were here anyway. The, hey, hey, I know you've heard this, but we need to be reminded tonight. This thing ain't about you. 
It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, those little petty things won't amount to nothing. Because you have taken your eyes off the one you've come to worship, the one that you adore, the one who saved your soul, the one who's delivered you, the one who set you free. I want you to know if we spent more time praising Him than worrying about what's going on around me, we would see a difference in our church and we'll see a difference within this community. We are here for one reason and that's to show our love for the Lord Jesus Christ because He's done so much for me. How can I not but praise Him? his holy name but then we go we also see not only love and worship but we also see service Jacob built an altar he wanted to serve the Lord Now, if you don't get the first two right, you won't get the third one right. If you don't worship and you don't love, you're not going to serve. Could it be the reason why we have so much in our bulletins about needing help, needing help, needing help, needing help, needing help, needing help? Well, all churches are like that. I don't want to be like other churches. I want us to be what God has intended for us to be. That's on them. I'm concerned where where we're at. And I think it's a shame that we have to plead to have workers. We ought to come in with guns blazing, saying, Lord... Where can you put me today? Where can you use me today? Rachel, hey, you want to blow Rachel and Reba's minds? Go up there with no prompt whatsoever. Just go up there and say, hey, just want you to know I'm available today. After they get up off the floor. But that's the way it should be. They shouldn't have to be coming to us. Listen, what we've done is we've lost our first love. Let's just go ahead and get honest with it, get transparent with it. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not angry. I'm not ticked at anybody. I'm just telling you, I am burdened. And I really believe with all my heart that what has happened is we've lost our first love. We've lost sight of why we're doing what we're doing and why we're here. Until we get that corrected, we'll never be able to go back to Bethel. Here's what the Bible says. He says He's faithful and just to forgive us. Could it be tonight that we just need to confess our sins and ask the Lord Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Could it be that tonight we just need to be reminded that we got to go back to our first love? The book that I'm going to write, it's just going to be one page. And here's what it's going to say. How to get back to Bethel. And in big letters, because I had to write in big letters. In big letters, return to your first love. No sub points. None of that. Folks, this thing's really simple. 
We just need to be honest and we need to come with a contrite heart and say, Lord, I'm dirty. I've been defiled. And I need to be cleansed because I want to worship you. I want to love you. And if we do those two things, the third one falls right into place. Because if you love someone, you're wanting to serve them. Here I go. I'm going back to my relationship with my dear wife. Now, I've been kidding about some of that. Y'all thinking they're ready to go ahead and get divorced because they don't like each other. They don't talk to each other. That's not true. And I still do this today. Not as much as I should. I want to do things for her. Not because I'm trying to get a new truck. Of course, that wouldn't do me any good because I can't drive it. (laughs) I'm not trying to get anything out of it. I just want to show her I still love her. Isn't that the way we should be serving the Lord Jesus Christ? Not any strings attached. Lord, I'm doing this just because I love you. 